0: Sometimes mierda just happens, and that would be this month for us. So we're doing a flashback of one of our favorite episodes, Episodio 4. Hope you enjoy it while we get back on our feet. You are listening to the Pocha Podcast. You are. I'm Charlene. And I am Kat. And this is Episodio
1: 4. We've made it to four episodes.
0: Episodio 4. Okay, episode 4.
1: Yes, Pocha Podcast
0: watch a podcast at the intersection of brown and assimilation
1: it's true that's where we're at
0: right we need some street signs
1: (laughs) that have that that's That's, happening
0: that's happening um and last last episode we did mention that we are getting a logo and we are like freaking (laughs) steps away we're so close we have Colors and all the things that are related to it, and shout out to Amanda who is helping us out with that. Yeah, she's Um,
1: amazing, it's beautiful. We can't wait to have all the things, all the things, and then
0: y'all are going to want t shirts and socks and bandanas. Yes, so save up your pesos, save up your pennies for all the things once we get our logo in check yes but yes this is episode four and here's what we have on tap for you what we realized was that we actually never did our origin story of how you and i met so that's what we're going to talk about for a little bit today well
1: it's because we had to suck people in with our awesomeness and then you drop the origin story
0: origin story or as i'm calling it our romance story Aww. Aww. And we're also going to be talking about going back to the motherland because you and I have done it in different mm-hmm. ways and recently. And then, of course, our uh, de Nuevo, we're going to be talking Halsey. Mm-hmm. Halsey. And hair. And hair. <laughs> and skin. Mostly but hair. Mostly hair. So we'll save that one for the end with our de Nuevo. But first, Charlene, how did we meet? Picture it.
1: Las Cruces. 2009. Picturing it. It was 2009, and I was coming off of a horrible divorce after a very long-time relationship. I had just moved back to New Mexico from Texas, Austin, Texas. Uh, Woo Still love me some ATX. Tejano. Love me the ATX. Um, and in Austin, I was introduced to roller derby and for those of you who know anything about roller derby it was banked track and not flat track unimportant for those of you that don't Um, but I was just fascinated by these women I was fascinated by their strength I was fascinated by their power I was fascinated by their confidence and it was definitely one of those things where I watched and never thought that I could be one of those women because they were just so badass and that was not where I was at that point in my life. So anyways, move back home. Shortly thereafter, get a divorce, going through it, trying to find myself. And um, I was never really an athlete, I wouldn't say. Were you a uh, cheerleader? No. Okay uh i played volleyball soccer basketball and i say played i say that loosely like i was on the team <laughs> so in a sense i guess i was a cheerleader but like with the uniform on from the bench cheering for my teammates <laughs> 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 so that's the kind of cheerleader i was so i was never super athletic like my my mom I like mom i want to play soccer so she put me in piano like that's the kind of childhood <laughs> i had right so uh, i didn't grow up playing soccer or any of those things so i had to figure it out as i was older which was rough because some of these People had been playing for a long, long time and were just talented. So I, um, one day my best friend and I are going for a run and I just, I was thinking about roller derby, and I was like, you know, now they're doing this flat track thing, which is much less expensive. Basically you just need skates and concrete, right? So we're talking about it and she's like, yeah, I'll do it. Cause she's just, you know, kind of whatever, let's do something awesome. Cause we're, we're at that point in our lives that we need something else. So I'm at work, and I was a teacher at the time, and this girl that I didn't really know too, too well, I, I sort of knew who she was, but not really, I said something about, I don't know what, I, she, oh, she pops her head out of her classroom, she says, hey, do you want to go watch roller derby? And it had just been in my conversation, so I'm like, what? And I, I looked at her, I said, bank track or flat track? And she looked at me, she's like, oh, we need to have a conversation. Because the fact that I knew the difference was like, oh, yeah, this is something, right? So the three of us through, I don't know, like a lot of beer and stupidity decide this is what's happening. We're going to start a roller derby league. Like we're doing this. And so we made the little cheesy flyers. that were like, do you want to play roller derby? Blah, blah, blah. With the little like phone numbers cut out on the strips of paper on the bottom. And we post them up at different breweries and different places around town and we're like we're going to have this meeting and we're going to invite people and they're going to come and it's going to be amazing and so you were at this first meeting and there were several women that I mean, I didn't know anyone I didn't know any of them who had showed up and there were probably like 12 or 15 people maybe right
0: oh i don't remember I, this was in the drunk portion of my f- my youth
1: okay so yeah maybe 12 12 people 15 people in a brewery small local brewery and I remember you let out the loudest burp <laughs> I had possibly ever heard come out of a human being and I just kind of looked at you and the girl next to you was appalled like horrified and she never came back as a matter of fact <laughs> and I blame that burp on her not coming back but so then, um, a few of the folks stuck stuck around, and we actually got skates, and we started trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. And um, I, um, I really, I truly, truly mean this, and I know how cheesy it sounds, but therapy saved my life, and roller derby saved my soul, and that is a true statement because the group of women that I met through the interactions that that sport brought were life-changing and you were one of those people so you were in this meeting um and i am it's it was my first baby it really was i'm so so proud to say that they are celebrating their 10-year anniversary now they are ranked within
0: 94
1: number 94 within the women's flat track roller derby association which is international um and i'm just super proud so that's my version of how we met And I think just throughout the years of me seeing you be really dedicated and loyal, which are super important qualities in a human being to me, um, and also that you were very out and very proud about it and not afraid to answer my stupid questions about stuff was helpful to me because I, I I knew people that were out and and proud, but they were usually older people in my life or people that like seemed to really just have their shit together.
0: And not like you have your shit together. There was a compliment in there. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it was kinda
1: like, wait, we're like you're you're my peer. You're like me. So tell me about your life and how this has been for you. And like, I just, I had questions, you know? So you were always like, you never treated me like it was a stupid question. You're always like, (laughs) come here, let's talk about this. Um, And so that was helpful. And then, you know, stuff got deep and we started sharing about our lives and what we had been through and what brought us to Derby. And mine wasn't all about a divorce. So I wasn't being super dramatic just over a boy. There was a lot of shit going on in my life and for you as well. And so I think it just kind of bonded us. And then, uh, it's also very bonding when like very strong, powerful women are trying to kill you on wheels. Um, and then other people are trying to protect you from that. <laughs> it just kind of bonds you instantly. So there was all like, of that going um, on. Um, but yeah, what is your version of the uh, origin story?
0: I, so at the time that I saw, and I did see that cheesy little, um, I saw that cheesy little uh, advertisement at a local brewery. And um, I was in such a crappy place. Mm -hmm. So in 2008, I pick up and leave my career in New York to move back to LA to try to make a relationship work. It did not. It failed spectacularly. Wait,
1: you moved for a girl and you moved cities and it didn't work out? That's weird.
0: I know, right?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like,
0: I could have just watched you know, any, any movie, lifetime ever. movie. <laughs> no. to give me the update on that.
1: In fairness, it would have been a straight couple. And so maybe you just couldn't relate. So you had seen right. the movies, but me, and you I didn't like, nah, think it was about you. But two you.
0: chicks, it's fine. It's fine. Not fine. Not fine. And that same, so fine. I moved back to New Mexico, but that same summer, my grandmother died and she was, a couple things. One, I was super close to her. I was super close to my mom's parents, not as much my father's parents because my father's parents also passed away when I was younger. Mm. So my grandmother on my mom's side was the last grandparent I had, mm. and I was close to her. And happenstance, and I mean this with all love and respect in, in case she's listening <laughs> to this episode, but and haunting you. When my when my grandma died, my mom really lost touch with reality for a small amount of time, mm-hmm. and i I had to, my my sister and I had to take her to the hospital. And because my aunt, a couple of my aunts who are nurses, thought that she had a stroke. Oh yeah. So, and I'm not Debbie Downering this. I'm just saying, like, in the context of what 2008 looked like, mm-hmm. there was a huge loss of a relationship. My grandmother died. My mom kind of lost her shit a little bit. Right. And and I thought, okay, yes, this is the, the time that I'm just gonna need to stay for a while. And at first I thought, okay, I'm gonna stay here for a little bit, but my next big city is gonna be Vegas. And I already had it planned out really? in my head. I'm gonna get enough money so that I can go move to Vegas. I'm gonna live with my good friend, Eric, for a little bit. And was there a girl in Vegas? Not well, i there's a million girls in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> a showgirl in fact. <laughs> However, none of them that actually had my name tattooed on her, so <laughs> wow. it was just gonna be a move to Well, you don't know. I don't know for sure. I mean, maybe, but I was gonna move to Vegas. That was my plan. And then and then I found roller derby. And then and I, and then I was at a brewery in Las Cruces and Burpen. I saw this I saw this advertisement with a number on it. And I went to the very first, my very first cognitive memory of you was um, the very first workout slash practice that you had at what we lovingly call the barn, but it's it's an establishment here Mm -hmm. that's owned by a catering business. And it's out on the outskirts of town, you really, really, really have to go out there and want to be out there because it's kind of further out from the city
1: wait this was the fairgrounds then
0: no uh-uh mm-hmm. the, the barn? very first time that i met you no it was at the barn no yep no. A hundred percent. I will make a bet on I it. I will
1: make a bet with you because we didn't Absolutely. get the barn until months afterwards. No, no, no.
0: The, what you were doing is for those who actually owned skates, you were just skating back and forth in one area of the barn. For those of us who didn't have skates yeah, yeah. Like and I went with Beaver and I went with <laughs> Lovingly Juarez. Yes, that's her skate name. And we didn't have skates. So we went and did an off skates mm-hmm. kind of workout in the back half of the barn. And I was two things. One, I was like, fuck, I should get skates. I don't care how cheap they are because I don't want to be over here doing this. I want to be skating. Right. And the second thing, the first time I met you, and her at the time name was Amelia Nohart, and she wrote it on her skates.
1: Aww. And my that's dirty my wife.
0: first memory of both of you was like, wow, they're not my type, but they're cute. But I think I could do this, and I love those skates. And you thought I was mean. Did I think I, you were mean? I'm asking. Oh, no, I didn't think you were mean. Okay. I thought you were sassy, but not mean.
1: I get that a lot. People think I'm mean. because I You have, have resting bitch ha- face. I have really bad resting bitch yeah,
0: face. N- yeah, you do. <sighs> there were a couple occasions where I'm like, either she's off daydreaming or she's pissed. Probably both. Maybe. I was daydreaming without so <laughs> being pissed. <laughs> so that was my first cognitive like memory of you was on skates. I don't remember the very first meeting that I showed up to. I was in such a bad place yeah. that I can't even remember that burp. I don't even remember people being around. The yeah. only thing I remember is a meeting months later where you had, you were, oh you had taken, <laughs> <laughs> so my good friend La Pocha over here thought it would be a good idea to take suggestions for what this league was gonna be named.
1: I was a teacher. I was trying to get buy-in from the class. So, bad idea.
0: I thought that you were, a, and I didn't know you very well at this time, and you put on a very good show that you were a respectable young lady, <laughs> so my suggestion was, <laughs> the city that we live in is Las Cruces, right, so my suggestion was, and what I wanted to hear you say out loud was, Las Crotches Roller Derby, Wow! and you said it, and you said it without flinching, and I was like, all right, damn, I can't, like, crack that nut, okay, all right, I got it. Okay. Other suggestions included the Rollin'
1: ovaries <laughs> and the Oregon Mountain Ladies, as in Oregon Mountain. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Yeah. But I mine was we, bad. we settled on Crossroads City Derby. So if anybody listening loves roller derby or just wants to follow the team or any of that, Crossroads City Derby, they're still going. ten years strong. Um, and in roller derby, for those of you that don't know, a lot of people... We'll pick a fun derby name. So it's a play on words. It's something fun that has you know some representation representation of something that you are or want to be or whatever. Um, so what was your uh, derby name?
0: So I had two. The first one that I had was in homage to one of the one of the streets that we have in our city, which is El Paseo. So and originally from El Paso, I thought it was a good kind of like mezcla of the two. So my original name was El Paseo, but Anywhere that we traveled to, could not fucking say it mm-hmm. right, and no one ever, ever called me by my my skater name ever. So then I changed it to that darn cat, like the old um, mm-hmm. old movie, the old black and white movie, which was then remade with um, that other chick with the big eyes, whose name I can't remember, but. Uh, So I reverted to that name, and that name actually fit me a lot better. So That Darn Cat was the name that I ended up with, and I prefer. And yeah, so people call me by that name because it's also my first name. Yes, (laughs) easy enough. Easy enough. But yours is fucking legend. Yours is one of the best, if not the best, derby name I've ever heard in my life.
1: Puncher Via. Puncher Via, 1919, and when there was one time that we went to this training or some kind of thing for Derby and there was a girl who was saying her name was Puncher Via, people were ready to mob this chick. Like it was like, you do not play. This is not okay. Mm -mm. You are not Puncher Via. And then she never showed up again anywhere. So, But that, I mean, I
0: don't know if the people listening can just stop, close your eyes for a quick moment and just Puncher Via. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is like, how did you even come up with that?
1: Um, I don't, well, okay. So honestly, I think in the moment when people even ask me now, they're like, why did you even start roller derby? Cause it seems so far fetched. Like I said, watching these women in Austin and thinking that I could be even anything remotely resembling that was so far out of my mindset. Um, but I, I really, I still will say, I wanted to hit people and not go to jail. I was angry. I was filled with rage for so many, 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 many reasons. And that gave me a way out that was healthy. That was so hard. I had to put my full concentration into it. I could not think about anything else but not dying. So (laughs) I didn't think about all the other shit. Everything else melted away. And Then I also was surrounded by all these other women who were doing the same thing and they were all different body types, right? Super skinny, big hips, tall, short, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because we needed everybody. Everybody had a place, everybody had a purpose and I just learned to love who I was way more than I ever had in my life and that's the truth, which is super sad because I was in my 30s. And 33, I call it the Jesus birthday, (laughs) 33 was my Jesus birthday, and I, it was the best birthday I've ever had in my entire life. And I had a great childhood, and I'm sure I had a shitload of happy birthdays, but that birthday was our very first game that another team wanted to play us. It was on my birthday, we were, or it was the night before my birthday. We were, we played Taos, we ended up in this crazy bar fight with a bunch of locals, It got out of control. And at the end of the night, we were all trying to make sure that everyone else was safe. We're trying to make sure that people were taken care of. And then we just got to drinking. No, we didn't get to drink. We were drinking at that point. We were just drinking to get fucked up. There was no just sipping at that point. And it was probably four in the morning by the time I got to bed. And I was sharing a bed with like three other grown ass women at this point. And it got quiet. You know, it got a little... It got quiet, and I just sat there thinking, or laid there thinking about what had transpired and how I had gotten to that moment. And I just yelled, "This is the best fucking birthday ever!" And people were like, "Shut the fuck! It shut up! What is wrong with you?" And I was like, <laughs> 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 "But it was, it was me finding myself. It was me finding power that I didn't know I had." Um, and so. That is our origin story, and that is why we're here. And then as the years went on and we got into conversations that were deeper than just roller derby, we realized we had a lot in common, and this whole pocha, pocha-ism was in us and in our blood and running deep, and we had all these things in common that related to that. So here we are, pocha podcast. And we podcast. made each other laugh.
0: <laughs> we are the, we, <laughs> we make each other laugh daily, but mm-hmm. no one else gets... Our jokes,
1: (laughs) so this podcast is just a way of validating (laughs) ourselves in hopes that someone in Chicago, Massachusetts, Idaho,
0: Senegal, Senegal, just laugh, just just laugh laugh at us. So that's our origin story. Origin story. You're listening to the Pocha Podcast, I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And now that we have context of how we got started together. Let's talk about Mexico. Let's talk about Mexico. And this is actually something that I'm a little, I'm curious with your experience going back to the motherland as opposed to my experience going back to the motherland. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we did it in two different time frames, but you go more often than I do. Um, And, but your Spanish is so much better than mine so much better great than mine. It, i'm it, hey whatever i own it like i'm pocha my spanish isn't great i can get by right same. i can ask some things but the reality is that your spanish really is better than mine like i i took a test online one day and wow. i have about a third grade level of spanish
1: you might be a pocha if
0: if you actually <laughs> test what grade level your spanish is on the googles yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So we wanted to talk a little bit about going back to the motherland. Yes. Um,
1: So historical context for me as a kid, it was a big deal when we would go to Juarez to go to the Mercado, with my grandparents, with my parents. We would like pack the ice chest with snacks and food and drinks. We would drive to Juarez, because you never knew how long you were gonna be in line on the bridge coming back, right? right? It could have been 30 minutes, it could have been four hours. Like you never knew how long you're gonna be on the bridge. So we'd go to the Mercado, we would eat. There was this restaurant, I don't remember what it was called, but there was a spider monkey that they had running loose in the restaurant. So, you could eat in this kind of like hacienda style. So a you monkey.
0: Were
1: legit. A spider monkey that would go between the tables and ha- there were all kinds of trees and wires above the tables. So, it would just swing and hang out and it was a monkey. They had birds and other kind of stuff. But that monkey, I remember as a kid, like, that was the shit. If you could go and eat and have a monkey cruising around, it was like <laughs> the coolest thing in the whole world. So we'd go to Juarez and then we would get, you know, my my people, my familia would get their medicinas, they would get their antibiotics, they would get their whatever they needed. We would get groceries, we would get the menonita cheese, we would get all the things and then we would come back over and that was just the thing. I mean, it wasn't all the time, but it's a vivid memory and it was fun. You'd go to the mercado and there was You would get your lime salt. You would get all your like pan de rosa. You would get all Mm. your candy, your gancitos, whatever you needed, and then you were set. And then as a teenager, so this is bad. As a teenager, we would go to Juárez because you could drink, and the drinking age in Mexico was quote unquote eighteen. But if you could reach over the counter, they didn't give a shit, and they would serve you.
0: (laughs) Even if you could put a dollar over the counter, straight up, they didn't care
1: so and they had drink and drown so like seven bucks and you could drink until you didn't remember who you were so there were a few times that i went to juarez to as an adolescent to go drink um and then, oh horrifying memory a friend of ours we were walking back over the bridge one night because we would park and then walk over Mm -hmm. because it was cheaper right pay your 25 cents and you keep rolling or whatever so we're coming back over the bridge and we see our friend's dad (gasps) and we're like hey Mr. Peroncio how are you he's like good have you seen you know his daughter and we're like no knowing damn well we just seen her right we had just seen her oh Oh, yeah he waited at the freaking bridge for her terrifying anyways so That was the teenage Juarez. And then shit changed, right? Like things just changed. Things got very violent. Cartel, all that borderlandia, like cartel shit that you want to watch for fun. Narcos and all that on Netflix. That shit got real. Like you could not go to Juarez anymore without seeing people with machine guns just like rolling around in trucks. And it was just, it was weird. Like things just got dangerous and people went missing all the time and it was just crazy. So we quit going. So then years and years and years later... Um, I get married to a widow. no less. <laughs> a
0: widow who knows Spanish, though. I'll, who you knows know. Spanish and Seriously. loves to
1: race Baja and loves to go to Mexico. So he's like, let's go to Mexico. I want to take you to Mexico. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you trying to go to Mexico? No, white boy? Like, no, we are not doing that shit. But I did. And it was a totally different experience. And A, talk about heightened pocha, like super heightened pocha, because now... The Spanish is real. It's everywhere and it's real and people just expect you to speak Spanish because of how you look. And then it was this crazy alternate universe where now my boyfriend, now husband, is getting treated like shit because he's with me because he's super white. And they would be like, oh, senora, que necesita, whatever, talking to me, like negotiating, bargaining, doing all the things, being super nice. And then just look at him like side-eye, like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. And look at me like, y él? Like, what (laughs) what the fuck is he doing here? I'd be like, um, he'll have water too. Whatever, like whatever (laughs) it was, right? Like, but super interesting. But overall, um, I do enjoy going back to mexico now i have not gone back to juarez as often i'll go to palomas because there's the pink store which is awesome delicious food you can get your medication it's a super small town um it feels safe it feels great
0: palomas is on the other side of columbus new mexico just Thank you. you know so Cat people have like a reference
1: our uh compass because when you ask me what direction things are i'm like do i look like a fucking map i don't i'm not gps bitch i don't know it's next to target like that's where it is don't ask me direction or street name or none of that shit because i don't know um thank you cat but yes yeah, so palomas is good but also like cancun all those places they make sure to make it touristy and make you feel safe and make although there's all kinds of stuff that has happened to tourists or whatever but overall i feel safe i like going i definitely feel more than ever when i'm there though that my spanish i come back feeling like god i need to work on my spanish because like like i run out right i i run out of spanish um i'm searching for words and i'm i'm like uh going round about 300 different words that could mean the same thing because i can't think of the actual vocabulary that means what i'm trying to say Um, but overall i get by it's fine i love it it's a beautiful country um we need as as a country we need to pay way more respect to them than we do and that's been my experience but you recently got to go on a little adventure and how was that
0: i did and and i'm gonna take a step back and say that um i didn't go as a teenager to what is like you did to party um thank you for shaming me no no not because of that no not at all <laughs> Keep in mind, I had access. I could have gone. I you could have snuck closer. out of the house. Absolutely. My father worked U.S. Customs. Ooh. And his friends worked U.S. Customs. So and they were at they the bridge. they knew us. Yeah. So there was not going to be an opportunity for me to go until he retired or his friends started to retire. And mm-hmm. that wasn't until college. So I didn't go to Juarez to party until college. And there was the drink and drown. And I did mm-hmm. take part in that. And there was the like side wink carry a 20 in your shoe just in case you get stopped by the cops because then you can slip them Mm -hmm. all of that happened but the difference is between your partying and my partying which was for me an extra level of heightened experience was because we went to gay bars Mm -hmm. and that was not necessarily the safest place for you to go right like I remember a couple times there's this one bar called uh the Ritz and it stayed open until six in the morning what So we would go from one bar. Nothing
1: good happens after midnight.
0: (laughs) We would go from one bar, the light bar, the light club, I think it was called. And it was on, there was like the strip, the main strip where like electric cue was and all of that stuff. The derby. And then there was the light bar, which was the gay bar on the side street from that. I never even
1: knew such a thing existed.
0: And then we would go from there to this other bar where they had male strippers who stripped down to their shoes and they would stir your drink for a couple bucks.
1: With what?
0: Yes. No. And then we would go from there to the Ritz. Make it stop. Not kidding you. This all... Stir your drink. Yes. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. So then we would go to the Ritz. And then when you get I'll out of the Ritz.
1: a dirty martini.
0: No shit. It was dirty. <laughs> Whose lips were on there? Dirty. So we went to the Ritz afterwards to, to top off the night. And it would close at like 6 or 7 a.m. I can't remember. And when you get out, though, there was like a line of cop cars.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, they're waiting.
0: They're waiting. They they're watching you. Mm-hmm. They're sitting outside. Because they're going to try to pull your money, whatever watch you have on. The lesbians didn't get bothered. The men would. Oh, see, a whole different we went, thing. We went with, so it was like a mix of us, like some women, some men who would go together, and they would be with us so they wouldn't get bothered because mm. they were with us, right? Right. So we would get a, like a free pass, quote-unquote free pass, kind of so to get shitty. to our car and try to cross over the bridge. So those were the days that I went to go party, and that was when I was in college. And so I, by that time, I was already like 20, 21-ish, being able to go over and, but mainly the reason we didn't go over as teens because my peers went when we were in high school, mm-hmm. but they probably saw my father when they crossed <laughs> back over. <laughs> I don't know. Hi. <laughs> right? Hola, yeah. But when I went this last time, and to put it in perspective, I did go with my partner and her her parents and and her brother. And her, her mom had paid for our trip over there, which I am, is so extremely grateful for yeah, because amazing. otherwise I wouldn't have gotten this experience. Yeah, right. Super cool. But I was legit shitting bullets before we went because I thought that my Spanish was not going to be good enough. And in a couple occasions I did feel like I was stumbling over mm. myself trying to explain or just converse. And it was difficult. And I know that, um, for, for those who may not know what I look like, I'm a very light-skinned Latina. And in some parts of the US, I pass. In the borderland area, I do not pass. I look like everybody else over here who, mm-hmm. who has intermixed kind of whatever. But um, I know that when I went to Mexico, I wasn't gonna pass. They knew who I was gonna be, and so right. I either had to step up or just accept that I couldn't speak the language. So I was super worried about going over and the kind of anticipation that I would have about trying to speak the language. But by the end of the week that we were there, and it is true, when you immerse yourself, it gets better and mm-hmm. easier.
1: Yes. Would well, you mean immerse yourself in Corona or just in the culture? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that Corona helps is too. the culture. Yes.
0: <laughs> I did have an opportunity and um you, you've gone back before podcast, I've gone back post podcast. So mm-hmm. I had an opportunity with the podcast in mind to ask right. one of the folks there yes. about Bocha. And how'd that go? So I the first thing I asked her, um, and she was a she was an employee there, so I didn't want to take too much of her time because I know that this is her job and she was probably coming over to me to to answer some questions as a tourist right and part of her job and she it wasn't like and then
1: you got all hardcore
0: and then i got all hardcore i did say like can i borrow you for five minutes to answer a couple of questions and she was like okay and then i said okay because she
1: was like waiting for you to be all how do they make tequila <laughs> and then probably maybe
0: yeah <laughs> um so i asked her um about the word bocha and what it meant to her mm. and her answer was intriguing well what, it, what was her face
1: like when you just said that
0: straight out Let me think for a second, because Mm -hmm. I was also five into Corona or something. (laughs) Um, Liquid courage. No, I think at that point, she was still like business mode. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until Mm -hmm. like a couple of questions in that she kind of just relaxed and was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I get it. I understand what you're asking. I get it. We're just having a conversation. So when I first asked her what a pocha was, her definition of a pocha was nothing like our definition of a pocha. Really? And... A couple things I'll say before this is, one, I know she doesn't speak on behalf of all of Mexico. I was getting one person's Mm -hmm. point of view, one person's opinion, all of the good stuff. And two, she, at this point, this is the first question, she might still be talking to me as a client of the hotel. Because she's trying to make sure
1: that you're going to keep spending money there and she doesn't want to be derogatory and
0: she doesn't want to be... Absolutely. So she answers the question and says, well, as I understand it, it's someone from Mexico... Who goes to California and their kids are Californians. What? And I was fascinated because I'm like, well, but there's so many other states that they have gone to. <laughs> but really? But this might be her experience with it with people from, that she knows from her area have gone and settled in California. So then, you know, I also ask other things, and it turns out that her, she has a sister who lives in Michigan. So, hey, Michigan, why aren't you listening? Um, Michigan. And she had, she had said, she, so she said that her sister had gone to Michigan, and she had mentioned a word, and it was um, like um, to better yourself in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her specifically, I said, you use this word. You said to better yourself. Do you think, like you're still here, do you think that you better yourself when you go to the United States? And, and she was like, not really. I mean, I don't have a reason to leave. I like it here. Right. My sister's up there, but I'm, I'm still here. I haven't left. She has a job, obviously.
1: She's there. She's.
0: But I did explain to her, like your mm -hmm. definition and my definition of pocha are completely, Mm -hmm. at least at this point, completely different. Mm -hmm. And I told her why, like I told her what my definition was and how it was a pejorative word to us. Mm Mm-hmm and she was fascinated by that she was like really and i told her that we lived in and cuz of course i had to drop the podcast i was like and listen to Pocha podcast and um so uh and i told her that our experience with it was pejorative and where we live in this in between mm-hmm. of not of being brown but not being brown enough in that like space in between and she was like really that happens kind of that was her reaction wow. I was like, really that Fascinating. happens and i was like yeah that really happens over there um cat <laughs> that is visiting the motherland cat we have to talk about something because
1: it's summer and people wear less clothing because it's fucking hot we have to talk about hair
0: we have to talk about hair we do we are pocha podcast we're talking about hair
1: and specifically halsey
0: Specifically Halsey. Yes. You must be referring to the Rolling Stone.
1: I am. So July cover of Rolling Stone, Halsey, who's amazing, super talented, beautiful, biracial, amazing. She's on the cover looking gorgeous, arms spread out across the page. And lo and behold, she has armpits double
0: not even hair. No. It's just stubble. It's
1: it's like if you're if you're ethnic in any way, it's like 2 hours after shaving.
0: Seriously though. Seriously though. Right? Absolutely.
1: So Rolling Stone for whatever reason, I don't know if they're trying to be bold, if they're trying to get attention or if they're really let's be positive and think that they are just trying to be progressive and and show real people As real people, leave it alone. They don't airbrush it. They don't touch it up. They leave it alone. So there's stubble. And people lose their damn minds.
0: Over stubble.
1: Lose their minds. Like, oh, what? Women don't shave anymore. All these hippie women. All this progressive feminist bullshit. Women don't shave anymore. Really? No. No. As as a woman of color, as a woman who, and I'm not the hairiest, like I'm not Frida Kahlo walking around, <laughs> you know, but like a bitch needs a wax, right? Like there's waxing, there's, uh, what's, you can shave, you can
0: Electrolysis. thread,
1: you can electronically remove your sh- There's all these options for women. But at the end of the day, real, we have hair. We have hair. On
0: the legs, on the armpits, on the upper lip, in between the eyebrows. Sometimes you just don't feel like shaving. Or if you shave, it still comes out like two hours later. Sometimes you don't feel like shaving like all winter. Because
1: why? No, but people wear shorts and if they feel
0: self-conscious,
1: some people choose to shave. That's fine. That's a thing. Some people choose to shave their armpits. But also, some people have shit to do, and they have kids, and they have jobs, and I'm not going to spend two hours in the shower every morning shaving all the shit. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And even when I choose to do it, I might miss some shit. It's just going to happen.
0: Okay, and so this is like, I don't know for sure because um, – My partner's got some brown in her. So she's got some ethnic hair that goes along with the brown in her. Yeah. So I don't know for white folks if it's the same way that you shave and it's perfect and beautiful and happy all day. Does that happen? But for brown women, that shit does not happen.
1: No. It just doesn't. It's thick. It's dark, and not only is the hair thick and dark, but sometimes the skin around the hair is also thick and dark. Right, like that's just a thing. The armpits,
0: you the can't win for losing. All for you can't win for losing.
1: And poor, like pobrecita, is just being beautiful and amazing, and people got to pick on the one thing that is not. As assimilated. Is that even assimilation? I don't know. Is hairless an assimilation? Is like are hairless cats assimilated domesticated cats <laughs> oh <my animals>?
0: <laughs> is, is that what we're all striving for? The part, okay. So honestly, the, the part about the armpits wasn't, the criticism about the armpits was not the part that ticked me off so much as, or that got under my skin so much as people who were like, why is Rolling Stone putting her five shades darker? Or why is yes. she all of a sudden dark? And, and okay. So earlier today I was listening to, to some Halsey songs and my partner comes in and she's like, so what's up with Halsey? And I explained to her what Guy de Nuevo was for us on the show. And I was telling her like, for sure, if I spend a lot of time outside Oh, I get darker than what my winter look is like. For sure. So I look like Halsey in that I have my winter look and I have my summer look. Mm -hmm. And if Rolling Stone took a picture of me today, it would be different than if Rolling Stone took a picture of me in December. Right. For sure. So,
1: and like talk about Super Pocha and the whole being afraid of ridicule or... Being treated badly because of the color of one's skin as kids because I tan. I mean, I I don't even call it tan. I just turn brown and all get out, right? And my sister is very light complected, but she too will tan. I mean, in half an hour, if we're out in the sun, we're brown. Like dark, dark, dark brown. So, and it used to upset my mom because as a kid, she was a cheerleader. She was like... all assimilated trying to be in that cheerleader crowd prom queen all that stuff and a lot of those people that were in that circle were white girls blonde blue-eyed white girls right and she was trying to be in that mix and she got ridiculed and they talked a lot of shit because she was morenita and so she was so concerned about us being dark. If we would be out in the sun, she would be like, Vana India. like she was so upset that we were going to get dark. That was a thing in our house. You're going to get dark if you're outside too much. And now... I just, I mean, I, thinking back on that, I know she had positive intention because she didn't want pain for us. She didn't want people to hurt us. She didn't want people to talk bad about us and that had right. happened to her. Right. She didn't want that for her children because we all we always want better for our kids or our loved ones. But now looking back, like how messed up is that? Like you're gonna look dark and that's exactly what's happening here and you're right. This chick is biracial. She could have literally been out in the sun like for a day at a pool drinking uh, Margarita, doing her thing, having fun. And now people are talking mad shit about her because. But yet we have people going to tanning booths year round looking orange as fuck. And nobody says shit because, oh, girl, you look good. No,
0: no, right? No, no.
1: no. it's not OK. Or you can do the Juergens like 10 shades darker lotion year round so you don't look super bright white like. In some circles, it's okay to be dark. And in some circles, oh, no, now you're too dark.
0: Right. No tan lines. We want that look. But on the other hand. But if if it's natural, then it's an abomination and you should not be that dark. Exactly. (laughs) And the same with the shaving. Like, shit, if it's natural and you have a little bit of stubble. But you know what? McDreamy can have that little five o'clock shadow and everybody's all stumbling all over their ass Mm -hmm. just to try to McDreamy themselves.
1: Which hurts, by the way. As a straight woman, I will say, trying to be making out with some stubble, you will look like you got dragged across the carpet. It's not okay. The point is, it's up to what people are comfortable with. Yes, quit giving her a fucking hard time.
0: If it comes out that Rolling Stone darkened her on purpose, yeah, boo on them. But if that's her natural color while she was in the middle of a photo shoot, that's just who she is. Spending some time out there because of her ethnicity. Yes. Mm. So that has happened. Yes, we have right. seen we have seen time or uh, you know occasions where they have made pictures look darker to um, to evoke a reaction. Right. So if that's what Rolling Stone was doing, yeah, that's kind of shitty. But if that's just her natural color, why is there such an uproar? There is a spectrum of which our um, ethnic brothers and sisters, even, at, even within the Latino community, how light and dark we are legit. I am lighter than you. And both like my mom's from Mexico, my father's father's from Mexico. And, like there's nothing I can do about it And the idea that. that you need to fix
1: or alter that because of some bullshit standard that somebody put out. Is the part that makes people feel like shit? Is the part that makes people depressed about who they are and how they look? Is the part that is the question of what is assimilation? What is the standard that we're trying to reach? And how it makes us feel like not enough and not good enough? Because we just are what we are. Like... Episode 3, we talked about representation and you can't be it if you don't see it. Thank you, Vida. Hashtag Vida. Watch Vida if you haven't. But if that representation's not there and you don't see that as beautiful, like if Teresa is the only brown Barbie and I don't know what the fuck the black Barbie was, but if that's all you see and that's not great, then you want to be the other instead of who you are. So that's why we do this podcast. That's why we're at Bocha podcast.
0: Intersection of Brown and Assimilation. It's true.
1: This was episodio cuatro, Kat. Four episode
0: four, Cat. Episode four, four N. Four We've N. got someone from Senegal. We've got a couple people from Idaho, New York, Illinois, Texas, Arizona, California. Um, we need to light up all those other states. So, so tell your friends.
1: share, share. Because we know we're not the only ones. Well, we we hope we're not the only ones. So help us.
0: As I say, share is not just a singer in Vegas. <gasps> you got to share and share alike. Share the podcast. Share the love and give us some reviews on iTunes. Because yeah. it looks like fifty six percent of the people who listen to us are listening to us from their phone or Mac product, Apple product. Yes. So give us a, a shout out on the reviews. Um, Do it. You have been listening to the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we will catch you on the flip side in a month. Love ya. Love ya. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this flashback to Episodio 4 and how we got started. And we look forward to bringing you more Porcha Podcast content in the future.